Uh, I thought Sinor brought a great word last week. Uh, and uh, he just said, please uh, don't, don't mind him and Britt this morning. Little Limmy's about nine, ten days old. And you know, that's that newborn phase of life. Sometimes you just need all hands on deck. Um, and uh, yeah, I think last week Britt was still in hospital. But uh, this week it's all hands on deck. But they have a healthy little baby boy. And uh, I'm sure he'll be here soon. Um, just incredible. So uh, yeah, it's very exciting. Uh, and we are going through the Sermon on the Mount. Such a beautiful teaching. Uh, and uh, Doris will be unpacking next week. In fact, we've reversed the scripture from last week and this week because Doris could do next week. And so she'll be sharing on salt and light, uh, which is also Matthew 5. Uh, and uh, I think it's 13, 16, which, which that's what God has called them to be in this valley. Um, and I'll be looking at things like murder <laughs> and <laughs> adultery and taking oaths this morning, um, which might be more exciting than what you may think. <laughs> um, Jesus was a master communicator. Uh, and he made some big statements. In fact, the, the, the leading up to the scripture, and we'll hit it from verse 21, you saw just now. He, he says that, I didn't come to abolish the law. I came to fulfill it. I came to actually fulfill the law. And the, the thing that you're going to see is as, as we unpack these, these moral um, commands, these challenges, these tensions, that Jesus talks about 2,000 years ago, which are as relevant for us today, uh, even if you might think, well, murder is not really where I'm at. Um, you'll see how it is, because what Jesus constantly does is he says, yes, I've come to fulfill this. So, yes, do that, but go a bit further. But have you thought about this? And so I love it how, how Jesus brings this interesting perspective. And so what we're going to do this morning is read a little bit, unpack, read a little bit, unpack. Um, looking at uh, from verse 21, it will go quite fast. You guys ready? You with me? Okay, so let's read from verse 21 uh, as we start. And Jesus says, he says, You've heard that it was said to the people long ago, you shall not murder. And anyone who murders will be subject to judgment. <clears throat> but I tell you that anyone who is angry with a brother or sister will be subject to judgment. It takes it further. Again, anyone who says to a brother or sister, Raka, which is saying that someone's a fool, or someone's done, dumb in Aramaic, interesting, that term Raka, which was obviously said back in the time of Jesus, is answerable to the court. And anyone who says, you fool, will be in danger of the fire of hell. Harsh, eh? Uh, verse 23, therefore, if you are offering your gift at the altar and there remember that your brother or sister has something against you, leave your gift there in front of the altar. First go and be reconciled to them. Then come and offer your gift. Settle matters quickly with your adversary who is taking you to court. Do it while you are still together on the way. Or your adversary may hand you over to the judge and the judge may hand you over to the officer and you may be thrown in prison. Truly, I tell you, you will not get out until you have paid the last penny. Interesting passage, hey? Do you see how 
Jesus fulfills that and says, yes, obviously, don't murder, but take this further. If you have an issue in your heart with someone, have you dealt with that? Have you settled that? Have you come to the place? In fact, if you come to worship, maybe on a Sunday, and there's unforgiveness in your heart, first deal with that. Because what does Jesus say elsewhere about forgiveness? If you don't forgive others, you won't be forgiven. Hard but true. It's the heart that he brings across. It is so easy for us to take offense. I feel that within our culture uh, that we live in, if somebody just looks at us wrong, it's like we can so quickly just, whoa, you don't look at me like that. You know, we, we take offense so quickly in our cars. <laughs> We take offense so quickly. Um, yeah. We'll leave it there. Um, but a year ago, our hooter broke, and I thought, this is actually great because it's going to calm me down. But I realized that you actually need a horn in South Africa at times <laughs> just to avoid stuff happening. Um, and so. Church, be aware that there is a spiritual dynamic to everything, to our church. And, and I'll share just a, a touch of, of this context. Hello there. Um, <clears throat> last, last week, there was a, a, a post that was made on a Nurtuk. Okay, Doggy's coming in and saying hi to everyone. So <laughs> that's totally all right. That's totally all right. Okay. There we go. Ciao, ciao, man. <laughs> That's what I love about church. <laughs> the interruptions. Love it. Um, there, was a, there was a post made on a certain community, a Nurta community forum. Uh, somebody had decided to come to the beach and they had noticed that there was no parking. There was a film crew taking up half, half of the parking lot and, and there was a church. And, and the, the questioning was, should the church be here? Um, should they be allowed to be here? And um, I thought, oh no, here comes what we had feared. And, and I watched the comments, about 85 comments um, of just people, uh, one or two people saying, well, um, maybe we should be asking about the legality, uh, a ward councillor commenting in, in the area, um, but, but mostly comments of saying, just, just let the church be. Um, and immediately, I think in my physical, oh, What's this going to mean? Um, and I start taking offense to somebody who I've never met, who I don't even know their heart. Um, and I, I won't go into detail because there is more. And, and be reminded this is a spiritual battle. Um, and, and we don't fight against flesh and blood. And, and there are many principalities that don't want a church to be here right now. Um, yeah. Yes. Yes. I did hear about it, yes, yeah. Yeah, yeah. For sure, there is, the, there is an ongoing struggle. But the, the point that I'm making is, is I almost took offense in my heart. Mm -hmm. And I was flustered. And, and yet Jesus uh, says, if you even have unforgiveness, I'm just finding my penny, uh, even the size of a penny. Remember a 10 cent coin? I couldn't find a one cent. Because I think, okay, that gives my age away. 
Who can remember a one cent coin? Okay, people, help me. Okay, most of us. Thank you. Okay, thank you. No, I can't. No, no. I remember. I, I, I can recall a two rand note when I was tiny. But um, if you have unforgiveness like this size, what does he say? Like, actually, you've got to deal with that first. So, is there murder in your heart? That's what he's saying. Right. Let's go on. I want to move quite fast um, and just pick up on a few things. <clears throat> he says in verse 27, You heard that it's been said, you shall not commit adultery. But I tell you that anyone who looks at a woman lustfully has already committed adultery with her in his heart. If your right eye causes you to stumble, gouge it out and throw it away. <laughs> it is better for you to lose one part of your body than for your whole body to be thrown into hell. And if your right hand causes you to stumble, cut it off and throw it away. For it's better for you to lose one part of your body than for the whole part of your body to go into hell. I'm so glad that sometimes Jesus talks figuratively. Okay? We, we don't greet each other with a holy kiss. Or do we? I don't, don't know about Okay. There are, there are some things that, that, that may not be actually saying like, Go and gouge your eye out. But it's a point that he's making. He's saying, hey, you think it's just about the physical act of adultery. Well, look at your mind. Look at your heart. Look at what is in there. This word lust means a strong desire to do or secure something. It might be lusting after possessions. It might be lusting after something. It doesn't always have to be someone. But it's this point that he's making. He's saying like sin can be like a cancer. And I want to be sensitive to that because I know some of us in the room have struggled with that in our life. Sometimes cancer can be very much just in one place. What do they call that? If it's just in one place, it's... Uh, yes. Um, and, and it can just be a case of I see the sin, I can remove that, and, and I can go on with my life. Sometimes sin, we can see it, we've actually got to just be convicted and changed. But sometimes cancer can be quite a complicated thing to deal with which is where chemo really comes in and I'm sure many of us if not all of us know someone who may have lost their life today sometimes the sin in our life is is so complex that we need to actually take time to to deal with the roots to deal with the 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 trapping of how that has entered our heart and actually say holy spirit I don't even know how to begin this that's why we actually run a course and we'll be running it in a couple of months time called living free in Christ I know a couple of us have done that course last year, and it's a way to discern and to, to understand how sin and how the enemy actually traps us. And so I think that's a great way for us. Because who convicts us of sin? The Holy Spirit. And He speaks to us. Sometimes I may not be convicted about something in my life, and I've actually got to ask the Holy Spirit to do that. For Him to give me remorse over that sin, because only He can change our hearts sometimes you've got to just say and and just be honest like stop it just stop that sin sometimes we know we're sinning and we've we've almost just continued in that and we're so comfortable with it but you've got to ask the holy spirit to speak to you okay so so once again jesus looks at the heart and the mind it's so important for us to to have that under wraps can we go on in the story okay it says it has been said anyone who divorces his wife must give her a certificate of divorce but i tell you that anyone who divorces his wife except 
for sexual immorality makes her the victim of adultery. And anyone who marries a divorced woman commits adultery. And within this context of Mosaic law, uh, it, was, it was okay, it was acceptable for a man uh, to actually just write his, his wife a certificate of divorce um, and, and actually just go off and marry somebody else. It was heavily weighed on that more patriarchal society. Um, and, and what Jesus is saying, no, actually, um, I'm changing that. I'm, I'm actually like making things even. He's, he's saying it's not just for a, for a woman who's suddenly guilty of adultery, but it's, it's a man now as well. And uh, Jesus says divorce is suitable only if the other person has committed adultery. You can't just go off and divorce someone. Now, now I know, once again, this may be close to home. Maybe it's in your life. Maybe you've been through a divorce. Um, and you're saying, well, was my divorce godly? Was it biblical? And sure, the, the Bible does, does talk and give grounds about if, if there's somebody or if our spouse has committed adultery or, or if our unbelieving um, spouse has, has not come to faith and actually abandons us, that is grounds. And you might say, well, mine was a bit more tricky than that. Now, now I'm not getting into judgment or condemnation here. Are, are there other potential grounds? Well, I would say quite possibly. You know, if you've been in an abusive relationship for years and it's affecting your family and, and your spouse just, just will not change, like I'm not going to condone just staying in an abusive relationship that could affect your family. But once again, it's about the heart. I think Jesus is saying, like, don't just go and, you know, I think it's so important for us to understand this. We have really good friends uh, who, who don't live in the city uh, and, and some of our best friends in a different city. And probably about three, yeah, about three years ago now, um, he uh, happened to have an emotional affair with a teacher at his school. And um, the way that it was found out is, is his wife saw him at home looking on his phone you know when you're married to someone you know them she saw the look on his face the glance the smile on his face and she knew and let's just say the kitchen got turned around and upside down she she knew what was going on because there was a quite a close bond there there was a tie there and uh, it was months of him having to repent and work out and come out of this place of, of committing what we call an emotional affair. And, and uh, he actually flew down and spent about a week with us and we, we processed and we, we dealt this through. And thank goodness for grace, he came back to a, to a marriage that was restored. About a year later, he slipped into it with somebody else. And she found out again on his laptop. You think you can hide things. The truth always comes out. And, uh, you know, I just thought, your second time, that's going to require a lot of grace. And they have kids. They have two young kids. And once again, we, we walked through it. And for the first two months, she was just, I don't know if I can carry on with this guy and my family. I've just got to move away. And you know what? The, the Lord has restored them to the place where they've been completely unified and clean of anything for two years um, the lord can restore the lord can bring that about sometimes that doesn't happen but uh, there is incredible grace 
in unfaithfulness? How's your marriage? How's your connection with your spouse? Are you guys connected? Are you close? Can, can anything get between that? All right. Can we go on? All right. Three more. I'll go fast. We're talking about oaths. Again, uh, cheers, David. Good to have you with us, man. Davis to go and work, uh, but so good to see you. Um, so uh, Dave works for, for Ben. Uh, remember Ben and his family who joined us for the first three months of last year? Uh, they're, they're back next month for about three months. They'll be here. And it's going to be so cool to see them. Um, but uh, anyway, focus back on the story. You guys with me? All right. Okay. Ciao, ciao. That's all good. Uh, yeah, I know you've got to do stuff and be places. Um, again, you have heard that it was said to the people long ago. Um, sorry, lifesavers. Okay, let's go and do that thing. <laughs> do not break your oath, but fulfill to the Lord the vows you have made. But I tell you, don't swear an oath at all, either by heaven, for it is God's throne, or by the earth, for it is God's footstool, or by Jerusalem, for it is the city of the great king. And do not swear by your hand, for you cannot, sorry, for, uh, by your head, for you cannot make even one hair white or black. All you need to say is simply yes or no. Anything beyond this comes from the evil one. I think the, the context, understanding once again, is back in the time of Jesus, uh, if an oath didn't mention God's name, it could be broken. So you, you made an oath by the name of God in order to show uh, your commitment to that promise. And, and so what would happen is people would, would leave that out in order just to tell a white tale, you know, a lie. And, and uh, Jesus was saying, like, don't, don't swear by heaven, you know, and, and often we do this. We'll use his name in a, in a promise, in an in a oath. And, and Jesus said, just let your yes be yes and your no be no. It's, it's actually that simple. Like, can people take you at your word that, that when I say yes, I mean it? Every time. And when I say no, I mean it. And so if you want to know if someone's lying or not, just say, let your yes be yes. <laughs> if they say yes, then, then hopefully you can believe them. There is, there is something in that. I'm, I'm not going to stay on that one for, for a long time. Let's go on. An eye for an eye. You've heard it was said, eye for an eye and tooth for a tooth. But I tell you, don't resist an evil person. If anyone slaps you on the right cheek, turn to them the other cheek also. And if anyone wants to sue you and take your shirt, <laughs> that was a thing, <laughs> hand over your coats as well. If anyone forces you to go one mile, go with them too. Give to the one who asks you and don't turn away from the one who wants to borrow from you. And uh, this is huge in the time and in today's time. This is a huge one because remember that Jesus never resisted. To the point of death, he never resisted. He allowed them to take him. Which disciple like cut off one of the guards' ears? Simon Peter. And you see the character come out in The Chosen. Uh, you, can, you can just see his zest and protectiveness over Jesus. And yet Jesus didn't resist when he was flogged, when he was taken to the cross. cross. There, there were moments when he just released his will and said, God, your will be done. And so what's he saying? Don't take revenge. Don't just keep it about being even, but go the extra mile. If somebody wants something, what else can you give them? Can you pray for them? Can you bless them on their way? This is so foreign to us, okay? If you're like me, uh, you are very quick to think, hmm, we don't need that anymore. Facebook Marketplace. 
And maybe you're like, yeah, we, we tick the heart from friends box. So our friends don't see us doing it. Or is that just me? <laughs> because I know, I know my friend needs something, but I'd rather get the money for it. <laughs> just being honest i'm just being honest okay now now sure that can be honorable sometimes you need to use facebook marketplace but I, I would encourage you to ask the lord if it's a season to be generous or not um i'll share the story about trevor remember trevor who preached here during our lighthouse ministry weekend last november um and uh, uh what's his name came came with the ram's horn <laughs> i think like the whole of the beach heard it <laughs> Uh, and a uh, fussy, yes, that's that's right. And and uh, Trev, Trev and Kim in their relationship have have always asked the Lord when it's come to big decisions. They've said, "Shall we sell or should we sow? Should we sell this or should we sow?" And uh, I heard this story from somebody else. He didn't tell it, but but once they they were going to upgrade a car, and they had a car. And they said, God, should we sell this car or should we sow it? Now, he's in ministry. He's not, you know, like doing extremely well for himself. And, and they heard the Lord say, you need to sow this car. And so they did. They were obedient to that. Now, I could say that God blessed them with a brand new... No. It was just being obedient to sow. I don't know the and God, because sometimes God just calls us to, to sow. And so before you put that phone or whatever it is on marketplace maybe you got to say god is this a sell or is this a so maybe you got to actually spend less time on marketplace <laughs> and other platforms the one day onlys the take a lot <laughs> because if i don't check i might miss out you won't What's your heart with that stuff, you know? Um, so there's this heart to be generous, like go the extra mile. This is the upside down kingdom. It's different to what we think. And the last one, guys, the last one this morning comes at verse 43. And it's a love for enemies. And Jesus says, you have heard that it was said, love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I tell you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. That you may be children of your father in heaven he causes his son to rise on the evil and the good and sends rain on the righteous and the unrighteous. If you love those who love you, what reward will you get? Are not even the tax collectors doing that? And if you greet only your own people, what are you doing more than others? Don't even pagans do that? Be perfect, therefore, as your heavenly Father is perfect. You see, Jews despise non-Jews. They... They didn't even treat them well, particularly Samaritans, Gentiles. They, there wasn't this cordial relationship. There was this judgment. And so Jesus says, yes, love your neighbor as yourself. Love your enemies. And let's just start with your neighbor. And I've spoken about this before. You know where you live. You know the suburb that you're in. And I'm, I'm quite strong on this. We need to ask the Lord for a heart for our neighbors. It's, it's not okay. I don't believe it's okay just to live where the Lord may have planted us and say, well, as long as we're okay. You know, we're sitting, and I've I mentioned this, so forgive me if, I, if I've mentioned this and you've been here. But uh, we, we have one, two, three, four, five, six neighbors, none of them that we're aware go to church. 
some who, who are in their late 80s. And you can just see the hopelessness. Just, and, and the reason I know this is because I don't see any cars leaving on a Sunday morning. Um, even when I'm not at church, which isn't often, because <laughs> I'm normally here, but if I'm off like now and again, I'm aware of people in their gardens and that. Uh, we have a family who are, who are Mormons. Far from the Lord. Hard to get to know them. We have another family who, who uh, uh, little Oliver is really close with, who we're just praying for. Far from the Lord. Like all, all the things that the world offers, but, but far from hope and joy uh, and and so we look around and we're saying in fact i'm asking in my heart and saying what would it look like for us to do a bri and invite all of our neighbors around just to love them which isn't hard we can do that but why don't i do it why do i think yeah maybe maybe not what if they don't come like what is stopping us from doing that in fact i'm thinking right now like god just saying tristan you've got to do this you gotta love your neighbors Nicola, come move back and be my neighbor and we'll get... <laughs> Nicola used to be our neighbor. <laughs> I'll just drive past and just pop in. Yeah, be, be, because for our neighbors right behind us, like, I'm just being honest, in your late 80s, you don't know how many more years you have. They could die without the hope of Christ. Oh, God. May I just start to love my neighbors because if I can't love my neighbors, how will I love my enemies? You might say, Tristan, I don't have any enemies. Well... If you're sitting here this morning, is there anybody in the world that if they had to walk in this garage door right now, you would be just the least bit apprehensive? Like, <gasps> could there be a touch of unforgiveness? An enemy may not be somebody who, who wants to kill you, <laughs> who wants to confront you. It might just be somebody who you have not dealt with in your heart. In fact, Jesus says, yes, don't just love your enemies. Pray for them. Oh God, that's hard. To pray goodness upon them. To pray a blessing upon the people who we actually... And if you're like me, I'm going to be honest. Sometimes when you hear of an enemy not doing well, what do you think? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Just being honest. I'm trying to be myself. I've got to repent of it. Yeah. They had it coming. <laughs> In my deepest sinfulness... I will be happy when it's only me who gets to take the step forward in my life. <laughs> like, have you been in the place where maybe even a friend, you're like, yeah, because you start to compete. Yeah, well, I'm actually glad that I'm, oh, God, I've got to repent of that in my life. So I just want to be like Jesus. We can become the Pharisees so quickly in our hearts. May we desire good blessing for our neighbors and those who we may even think are actually enemies in our life. May we desire the best for them. And so as I close this morning, guys, what is Jesus saying? He's saying, how are you different? How do you stand out? And I won't, I won't steal Doris's thunder for next week, being salt and light. Like, how are you different? But I think, how, how is our church different? How is our heart to reach people different? I would, I would love us to, to be more creative with the things that we do as a church. I would, I would love us to do more artful tea mornings. Wasn't that a great morning? Well, I wouldn't know, but uh, M says it was fantastic. I would love us to do like creative art exhibits, live music events. 
I'd love us to be all things to all people, doing anything short of sin to reach people, as Craig Rochelle says. To do a cheese and wine evening at someone's house, because that's part of the culture that so many people in this area speak, and to love them. All right? And it starts with us. If, if we can't love our neighbors sacrificially, how we love the people that are, that are visiting over here? Are we aware of the passers-by? You know, from this stir online last week, with all the comments and me thinking, that's the end of our little church venue that we have, like, you know, waiting for the call this week, and luckily we're still good, because uh, the Lord is with us. But, you know, just on that Sunday, we got 150 uh, website views. 150 people checked out our website, because I, I got the analytics from uh, Wix this, this last week, and it was like a yunk on Sunday. <laughs> And so I'm saying, Lord, and, and I generally know everyone is here this morning, so I don't see anyone who's a complete stranger, but I'm saying, Lord, you can use a spiritual attack for your glory. Yeah. And so thank you that like any PR is PR. <laughs> you know, it's actually God. Thank you that people know that you took them to our webpage and we trust that they'll be able to see something of your heart for them. And so I'd say this, like, if you've been here for a while, spend some time standing on the streets. Maybe not if you have young ones, because that gets dangerous. <laughs> Kids on the road. Like, does your circle have space for more people? Does your emotional level of like, commitment have space to actually welcome more people in that? Because often we'll just shut down and talk about the weather because it's actually been such a hard week that I haven't got the emotional capacity to engage with this person. Well, the Lord says, how will you love my people. Everyone is created in the image of God. Everyone is sacred to Him. Whether or not they're in a relationship with Christ. Amen? Amen. And so this is not condemnation. This is encouragement, church. Would we love people? Would we be different? Are you praying for your colleagues? Are you trusting for them to come to know the Lord? It's all about the heart. It's all about going the extra mile. It's all about seeking Him. This is where it lands. Would we seek Him with all of our heart? Would we love Him with all of our heart? And so I'd say this, like how does your day start and finish? Do you start with the Lord? Do you end with Him? We're in such a sweet faith, and I close with a story with uh, Olive. Uh, she, when she goes to bed at night, she at night about five or ten times. <laughs> so you'll be, you know, she's in her bed, and uh, you're starting to, like, leave, and it'll be, bye, good night, bye. You kind of, like, step back, bye. It's like, you just want to do it a hundred times, because it's just like, oh, <laughs> so sweet. And she's like cherishing the moment, this happy, like, bye, night, bye. And you're like, kind of close the door slightly over, bye. You're like, bye. <laughs> and yet, I can go to bed at night and just, like, do I even say goodnight to the Lord? Or say, Lord, watch over me. God, I want to have that tangible relationship with you. When I wake up, God, Thank you for breath. Thank you for goodness. 
and invite us to close our eyes together and just allow the Spirit for a moment just to speak to you. And you know, what is He saying? That's what I'd ask this morning. What's He saying to you? What's He convicting you of? What's He putting His finger on this morning? It's about the heart. It's about the heart. Give him a moment just to speak. Have you taken offense to somebody? Are you walking in complete forgiveness? Has there maybe been somebody who you've not forgiven, not let go of? Is there lust in your heart? Is there a heart to bless, to be generous and not just to take revenge? And do we love our neighbors and our enemies? What is the Lord doing? Maybe He's giving you ideas. Maybe He's just giving you thoughts as to what you can do. Maybe He's reminding you of a neighbor. Maybe He's reminding you of a colleague or somebody who, who you work with or who you treat or who you interact with. Lord, I pray that you would show us the better way. That just when we think it's a full stop, you're saying, no more. No, it's a comma. And so, Holy Spirit, I pray for your blessing. I pray right now that you would speak to each one of us. That your presence would be upon us. That we would know that we are sons and daughters who are called to go out. Who are called to love this world unconditionally. Lord, I pray for, for marriages here, that you would strengthen marriages, that you would strengthen relationship, that you would strengthen friendship. We pray for our new small groups, that you would bring unity and strengthen those and add to their number. So we bless you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.